Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Game Talk Radio. I am Greg, and it's been too long. <laughs> uh, how the hell have you all been? I hope you're doing well. It is New Year's Day, 9 a.m. on the dot, recording a podcast for y'all today. And I think it's been like five months. I can't even remember. I have to go back to SoundCloud when I upload this one, and I'll find out for sure. But, uh, man, where does the time go? You know, I normally take a little bit of sabbatical from content creation anyway when it comes to the holidays. The store gets just mental. Uh, It gets more stressful. And so I tell myself, you know what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to stress myself out with extracurriculars during the holiday season. But... I started my holiday season a little early this year, if you all remember. It was probably around <laughs> August. <laughs> um, but I'm back, and uh, there was a topic that kind of popped up in my feed, and then, man, it like really got me fired up. And it's uh, kind of neat because it's not just some stupid drama story about some crappy video game studio or, or <clears throat> some cheater in some arcade video game score records. It was a little closer to home. It had to do with uh, selling and buying used video games, and so I get to get to spit that at you not to mention uh know a little bit more about that so um before i dive into that like i said i hope you all are doing well uh a little follow-up on me Uh, not much has changed i suppose you know the the store's wild um i i do have a customer story i'm gonna share uh but it actually just happened a couple days ago but you know most people are good for the most part um you, you know i've run into a few nasties and you know, I guess the thing about this time of year that maybe, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but this is maybe what is the best way to describe sort of what my day-to-day change is like in the holiday compared to outside the regular year. So, and this may not be true at every game store, but it is true at ours because I think we do such a, a good job of hitting the every customer, right? So we hit the not, we hit the gift giver crowd, I call them. So that's the moms, the grandmas, and stuff like that. You know, we're comfortable. We have a, a huge collector market, of course, but to grow beyond that, that's when you have to start getting into these non-gamers and people who feel comfortable coming into your store and buying a game for a son or a grandson or a daughter or a granddaughter. So imagine someone comes in and has no clue what they're looking for. So you spend a good 15 minutes to a half an hour talking to them about Wii games. And Wii games are pretty popular when it comes to people who don't really know what they're buying and they want to get something for the family and you're like, yeah, this is great. Wii is great. And so you spend like 15 minutes to a half an hour with somebody for them to buy three $5 games. (laughs) Now, I'm not complaining. I want every sale and it's worth my time if they buy anything, especially if we give them a good, a a good interaction because we want them to come back. We want them to tell their, their friends at their bridge club, (laughs) whatever they're doing. Um, You know, while they're sitting around sucking on Werther's originals, I don't know what old people do. But when they're doing it, I want them to tell their friends, hey, this is, you know, this is a great place. They were super helpful. They were understanding. They took time for me. And so we do that, you know, but that's the difference is, you know, I might spend 15 minutes talking to somebody occasionally, but it's usually for more expensive stuff or for a system or something like that. You don't typically spend all that time just to sell $15 in Wii games, but, uh, but you know, so that's kind of the difference in the day to day is you're dealing with a lot of people that aren't sure what to do. And so I always steer people towards gift cards. I'm like, let's just make this nice and simple. Get them a gift card. You don't have to pick an item. You just have to pick a store that the person likes and let them pick out the items. It's the perfect gift. You know, 
it might be a little less personal, uh, but I've gone almost to all gift cards now. I'm just to the point where I'm like, eh, eh. I, I, I got, I'm so busy this time of year. You're lucky you're getting anything, kids. Here you go. Not my kids, of course. I don't have any kids, but uh, the, the hypothetical kids in this situation. Uh, plus, my two nieces are in college now, and my nephew is, I think, in high school. <clears throat> so the kids is a, is a stretch of the word anyway for the young ones in my family that I do buy gifts for. Um, that being said, uh, oh man, I don't even know if I could look it up through my app, but I've been adding a lot of games to the collection. I'm currently in the hoarding phase of my video game collection now. So I've been, I redid my game room over the summer. I don't know if I had it done by the time I did my last podcast, but I had rearranged and got some of this like kind of double shelving. It looks kind of like waterfall shelving from in behind me, which you've seen if you watched my 24 hour live stream in November um, off to the side behind me. And then I got some Ikea shelves to hold my comic books and all sorts of stuff. And so like, I'm really, really happy, um, with how it looked, but I, I had room. I was empty. <laughs> so what is that? What do you do when it's empty? Well, then you have to start filling it with maybe not even necessarily games you would buy normally, but you're just going to fill it. Uh, so I currently in my collection, if I, uh, let's see all games and hardware, let's sort by index i think that's how i do it and then it tells me when i indexed the game is that is that right i'm gonna try basically i'm I'm sorting through my app right now for uh let's see here Uh, index i thought it was index so that you could see like when i got yeah yeah here we go so basically this is the last, like in order, the games I've entered into my game collecting app. Uh, so I don't know if it tells me what day I entered it. But if I had to look back to, I mean, oh my God, I'm, so this is back in November. I'm already like 50 games in just from November to now. I've probably put in a couple hundred more games since I've talked to you all last. Uh, I went through a really hard, uh, hard fought phase of PS1 imports in uh, the late summer and fall, I started. Um, I got all the Resident Evil imports uh, for like for PS One. Uh, I got uh, Police Knots for Saturn, Snatcher for Saturn, the Shining Force games we never got for Saturn. I was just really on this weird kind of import kick for a while. Bought a lot of PS One RPGs that we never got here. There's this really cool uh, website called ROMHacking.net, and they uh, they actually. Uh, host a lot of translations for a lot of these Japanese RPGs. So what I do is as soon as they would announce a full translation, so the game's fully playable in English, I would typically go buy the import just to have in the collection. Cause then I put that on the shelf as like, I'm going to play this English translated version of this game someday. So it's the collecting's been nuts. Um, if, if you remember, we talked a little bit about over the summer about how prices were really, really high on a lot of used items. That is true. And um, some of that bubble has deflated. So some of the prices are coming down on some things. Some are staying high and going up on others. But for the most part, the, the it's leveling out, right? And that actually leads into what I wanted to talk about today. So I was on Twitter, which I know, that's my mistake. <laughs> but I'm on Twitter, and I see a tweet. I'm not going to call the person out because who cares? They're an indie game dev with 1,900 followers. So whatever. Um, and this is, this is the tweet. 
went to my local retro game store, saw the prices, and promptly walked out back to my car and ordered a mod chip on eBay for $5. And then it's a picture of a PS1 section in a used game store where the first one is Clock Tower 2, which the store has a price of $441.99. Behind it, you can see Countdown Vampires for PS1, which has a price tag of $167.99. And behind that is a copy of Juggernaut for PS1, stickered at $129.99. So I looked at these... Instantly, I saw the picture and I went, yeah, those games are expensive, but those prices seem a little high. So, absolutely correct. The person here who is tweeting this isn't necessarily wrong about this store's prices being high. But Clock Tower 2 is a three to $400 game on its own. So, paying $441.99 for that is high. I wouldn't have paid that. I would have talked to the clerk if it was in really, really good shape and been like, hey, you know price charting and ebay have this for like 399 would you do 400 instead of 441 and if they say nope nope we got to have this price you say okay never mind and you don't buy it because that's not a good deal you could go on ebay and and snipe a bidder uh you know on an auction and and uh get a better price than that but it's this weird kind of attitude and i've been seeing this pop up all over the place and this is really pissing me off and it's obviously it's personal to me and this is something i've had a problem with since i was a kid uh, and, and I think I'll always have the problem. So I have to deal with it. So now you all have to listen to it and deal with it too. <laughs> but the problem is broad generalizations um, irritate me and I take it as a personal insult. So when you say something like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to buy retro games because of these prices. Now these prices again, overpriced. I'm admitting that. But like, say it was 400 and you say, I'm not going to buy this because it's not, it's not the 441 it's not being over $40 that's making this person upset. It's the fact that a video game is selling for $441.99. And so these broad generalizations really frustrate me. And so this this tweet, for someone who only has 2,000 followers, it blew up. Got retweeted 6,000 times. 51,000 likes, right? This is a huge tweet. This is very, you know, 900 comments. So I click on that and I start going down the rabbit hole of the thread because why not? I want to see what the other people think. Obviously 50,000 people agree with this person. And so I have to kind of, I have to try to get in their head and look at this. And so the, and then this is how kind of Twitter works. So like, if you make a thread, if you're not familiar, if you make a thread, you, you can make another comment on the same thread and yours will always be at the top. So the person who made the post after all this was going on, I don't know if it was right away or when it was, but basically made another tweet. And this is the tweet that pissed me off, actually, was so this is an indie game developer that says, anyway, pirate old games and buy indie games. And that's their tweet, right? And so I go, I look at that and I go, okay, so you're a game developer who wants to make this as a living and you're telling people to pirate old games just because the original people who made them aren't the ones profiting anymore. But we should buy indie games still. So what's to prevent someone from saying, well, Eh, pirate indie games and buy old retro games. I mean, that'd be just as ridiculous as a statement. And so there's this weird sort of thought that because the people who originally made the game aren't the ones profiting from its resale, that it should not be expensive or that it shouldn't be made profit at all, that it should be like free to everyone, right? And so it's this, it's frustrating to me because not not only did I build my entire life and business off of off of buying and reselling used video games, but that just doesn't make sense in like life in general, you know? And, and it's weird because there's always this assumption that 
the that they're selling it for four hundred and forty one dollars, and that it was a nice, sweet old lady who they ripped off and only paid a dollar for the game. Like first, like they don't they don't think that maybe somebody came in with this and the person paid three hundred or three hundred fifty dollars for it to sell for four forty one. I mean, the with price charting and how easy it is to sell and on Facebook Marketplace and check eBay, sellers of games to me and to other game stores, like we're getting pushed to the max of what we can offer that's fair, but that we can still make money on. You know, like GameStop's formula back in the day, which arguably is probably still the same, was always around 33%. You paid 33% what you're going to sell it for because you had store costs, employee costs, yada, yada, yada. Now, connected to that, I would say, is that it's also because back in the heyday of GameStop, when I was there in the 2000s, most games were going down in price. Games weren't going up. So part of that 33% was also the anticipation of the price going down in value before you sell it. Now, over the last couple of years, retro game prices have skyrocketed. So you don't have to take that into account necessarily. But as I said earlier, if you remember, used game prices in this bubble have started coming down. So if they're starting to come down, we're getting back to a point where we have to start paying, anticipating that the price of these games is fluctuating in, in a way that we can't control. So say like, say for instance, a four, if this game, let's say it's $400. I think if I got one in, I would sell between three and 400, let's say 400, just to make it easy math. My initial offer to the customer would probably be like $250 to sell for 400. So that is, you know, roughly what, like 60, 65% or something like that. I mean, my math's probably way off on that. I'm just trying to do my head real quick, but like, that's, that's a very good value for that item. And most likely way more than that person paid for it unless they're, they bought it six months or a year ago. And so I see that and I go, you know, I buy a lot of indie games. I play and buy a lot of indie games with the money I make from selling retro games. So like the idea that, that these are like, like it's, it's this weird sort of, um, I don't want to say white knighting, but it's this weird sort of, um, virtue signaling i guess almost like like they're calling out like like yes I'm, I'm making a statement that is my opinion but it's a definitive smart fact and you should agree with it and it's really really frustrating and i know this happens in everything right this happens in politics it happens in sports it happens like in sports talk it happens everywhere but like this is video games and this is a video game podcast so this is what i'm going to torture you all with so then going down the thread a little bit more we have this person uh, this next tweeter has a, a post a picture and says the market for retro video games is so ridiculous right now. It's painful, especially when you start getting into games that haven't gotten modern ports, primarily GameCube games, even games that sold millions like Pokemon have reached ridiculous levels. And he shows a picture of a bunch of Pokemon games in stacks. Pokemon gold is $40. Pokemon yellow is $50. Pokemon blue is $50. Pokemon emerald is $110. Pokemon Leaf Green and Fire Red are $70. I look at this picture, and these prices are almost dead on. Now, I don't know when this picture was taken. I don't know if it's from the same store or not. I don't know where it's from. Stickers look different. But we just put our last emerald out at, I think, $99.99. And again, the prices are deflating a little bit. It was, for a while, $120. I put Pokemon Emerald out for $120 about two or three months ago, and it sold flippin' instantly. It sold instantly. Now, now, arguably, yes, someone could look at that and go like, oh, I'd never pay $120 for Pokemon Emerald. That's fine. Somebody will. And 
then you have to look and say, okay, well, it's a $120 game. What did you pay for it? I probably paid 60 to $70 for that game. So this, this weird myth that's out there that all game stores rip people off, don't pay anything for the stuff and then mark it up to max value. I don't know where that comes from. Now I'm smart enough to know that not every game store owner is as honest as I am and that not every game store is as nice as mine. And I know that sounds really arrogant coming from me, but I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I'm just stating facts. My game store is on another level for most and I built it that way. I use other game stores and the bad takes that they have. And I, I, I turn that into not doing that at my store. So I very much go out of my way to make my store the way it is. And so I just put a Pokemon Gold out Thursday, just so two days ago, for $44.99. So technically my Pokemon Gold is more expensive than the one in this picture. That's what it goes for. Now there are other factors. For instance, I replace the batteries in all of our Pokemon games, make sure they save. If this place doesn't do that, then $40 is a little high for a dead battery Pokemon game. Probably 30 to 35 is more accurate. But they're right there. These prices are not ridiculous. These are what people are paying. And what people really don't realize is that when Pokemon Go first came out, okay, how many years ago was that for crying out loud? I mean, Go, it's like seven years ago or something. I don't know, a long time ago. Pokemon Go comes out. Pokemon Yellow, Red, Gold, and Blue were selling for $100 a piece. That's what they were selling for. So this isn't even crazy compared to where the price was on those games five to seven years ago. And yes, did they crash back down to 30 to $40? Absolutely. Has the pandemic pushed them a little higher back up to the $50, $60 range? Yes. Now are they starting to dip back down to the $40, $45 range? Yes, again. And so the the used game price market is is a, 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 a ride up and down, this ebb and flow of, of prices going up and down all the time. In, a, in normally... In a non-COVID two, three years that we're living in now, prices always shoot up around November. They stay high till about March, April, and then they start to come down because uh, people start buying them around the holiday times. They have extra money. Then they start using their tax returns to buy it because they have extra money. And then summertime comes and a lot of people start selling their stuff. Uh, Or when stuff hits that peak value in March, April, people start selling stuff off because it's higher than usual. And then the price naturally goes down. That's the supply and demand of the market. And so it's just weird to me that there's always like this insidious, like somehow the, like us as the game stores are driving these prices, you know, and, and it, it couldn't be further from the truth. The, uh, the, (laughs) the, the idea that, that all of us are cooking up these prices and just trying to get every single dollar we can is just not accurate. And, and that's where it's frustrating. And again, it's a generalization, right? Like this person, if they came to my store and saw my prices, they'd probably still be like, Ooh, some of these things are really high priced. But then I want to point them over to my discount bin, and I'd like to say, hey, if you want, I've got a whole bunch of PS3 and 360 games over here that are 2 or $3 a piece. So I understand you're complaining about the hot item right now that's $400, but did you look at that store? Do they have a discount section? Because unfortunately, when you're if, if you want to buy and collect retro games, you have to watch the, the waves. You have to watch the cycles. You have to watch, uh, 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 I should say, the cycles of what is hot and what is not at that moment. Like if you're trying to collect GameCube right now, you're crazy. It's the worst time in the world to collect GameCube games. Two years ago, it was bad too. So people were waiting, hoping it would go down and they, for the most part, only got worse. So if you want to collect GameCube games right now, I feel sorry for you because you're paying twice what you would have paid three years ago. If you want to collect NES games, 
NES games are in a bit of a lull, but they're still higher. I mean, everything's higher because of the pandemic from the last couple years. So if you want to collect retro games right now, PS2 is a good place to start. Do you like PS2 games? How about Xbox 360 and PS3 games? Now, are those arguably are those retro? They came out in 2005 and 2006. So we're getting to the point where it's 15 years, you know, 16 years. Those things are going to start going up. In fact, we've already seen it. Some PS3 games, some 360 games are skyrocketing. Some because of backwards compatibility with the current systems. Some because of threats of shutting down the PlayStation Store, yada, yada. <clears throat> but it's a lot of those games are dirt cheap. So yes, if you wait another 20 years, PS3 games are going to be really expensive. The ones that you want. Not the average ones. I mean, you can still get average PS1 games for dirt nothing. I mean, I have a bunch of PS1 games that are three, two, three, and $5 each. So just because it's old doesn't mean it's going to go up in value. But the weird rare ones right now that you see on PS3 for $40 that you're not buying because you think the price is unfair, that game in 20 years will probably be $100 to $200. I mean, that's that's ultimately where I think we're going with the hobby. It could all crash. Sure, who the hell knows? But so I see that and I just get so frustrated, especially with an indie game developer who maybe one day wants to sell his game or her game. And so if if you're going to sell your game, how can you advocate for the piracy? Now, again, I understand that not the original creators of these games are making the money. But I am and I'm offering a, I, I offer a fair business. I have full time employees that I pay and I compensate very fairly and I you know, I donate this year. We raised over $12,000 for extra life. A lot of that money is my own that I kick into it, uh, for buying like the candy bars that we sell and all that sort of stuff for the, for the profit, uh, for the, for the charity, all that profit goes to the charity. So like, it's frustrating to me when they just assume that because I didn't create these games that I'm not somehow able to profit off of them. And then I'm not doing anything good with that profit. And I know not everybody's me and, and I know not everybody's doing what I'm doing. Uh, and, and I understand that if this game's 40 bucks in the case, they may have offered the person only $10 and I get it. And that's not great. But if I want to offer them 20, I'm still offering a little bit more, but it's not like I'm offering them $35 to sell it for 40. I mean, that's just, it's just not realistic. And, and again, it's, it's not us as game store owners that have, you know, a, inflated these prices. It's, collectors it's more people than ever buying these things this is literal supply and demand and right now people used video games are in high demand for multiple reasons people are collecting a lot of people are prospecting they're buying these things thinking they're going to go up in value later and so they're buying them having them graded sitting on them and all but all these things equal people entering a market that has a finite supply of products there's no more Pokemon Golds coming off the assembly line. There's no more Earthbounds coming off the assembly line. This is it. What exists is it. I shouldn't say that. There have been a few instances where, like, I am 8-bit reprinted, like Mega Man 2 or Earthworm Jim, but original legitimate carts like this, this is this. is this, And this is the world we're living in. Um, so as I continue down the thread, you know, like, and this is the perfect example. So the person has the Pokemon picture, and they say, these prices are ridiculous. So then the next person comments, replies to that person, just says, okay, this is probably a stupid question, but I have a Pokemon Sapphire. What's an actual, what's an actual reasonable price for selling these? So this is, this is the other side of the coin that when they say like screw game shops and screw their high prices. Okay. So now are you saying we should, if you own something that has value, you should take less for it because it's the right thing to do. 
right? Like, does that make any sense? Does that make any sense at all? So the, so then the person right below that says, well, the price for Emerald seems to be about 80 to a hundred. So it's fairly accurate if not marked up a little bit. So this person's actually kind of saying the same thing I am. And they say, oh, I might sell my cartridges then since they're worth so much money. And I'm just looking at this going like, this is exactly it. This person who has the item wants max value for it. The person buying the item always wants it for as cheap as possible. So essentially, it's my job to find the happy middle. I find the middle where I could say, I can pay you almost what you want. And I could sell it to you for almost what you want. And then that's how I'm successful. That's how I make my money. And I'm very successful at it. I'm lucky. I've done a good job. I've worked hard and I've been really lucky. So all those things together have made me successful. But that's the other side of this. Like they look at a game store and they just say, look at these crazy prices. They don't ever look at the people who own the games and say, man, they want too much. Because I'll tell you what, if someone came into my store and said, hey, I've got a clock tower too. I'll sell it to you for 50 bucks, but you have to sell it for a hundred. I would do that. I'd take that deal all day. That's 50 bucks in my pocket. I'll take that. But that's not what's happening. The person comes in and goes, oh, how much can I get for this? I look it up. I'm like, okay, well, I paid 250. Oh my God, it's worth 400. Like, can you do any more? Can you do 300? Can you do 350? And I'm, so this that's the actual conversations that happen with games of that price. I should say in, in, my, in my universe, I can't speak for these stores and I don't know, maybe they are shit bags and maybe they are uh, jerk offs and, and maybe they do rip people off. I can't speak to that, but I know that not every game store does. And, uh, and, and it shouldn't be, I don't, it shouldn't be assumed that that's always what's happening. Right. So, uh, let's see here. Um, and then of course there's always somebody who's in there who goes, I'll take him off your hands. We can negotiate a price in DM. So there's already someone slithering in trying to buy this person's games off him, which is fine. Good, good on them. But I keep going down here, you know, in this thread and, um, so this person's complaining because a game store had a PS3 60 gigabyte. That's a launch model that plays PS2 and PS3 games. It's complete in the box. Um, and he's saying, I can't believe it's $399.99. And it's like, that is what that goes for in the box. I'm sorry. Go on eBay and look up what people are paying for these. People want original style backwards compatible PS3s that play PS1, PS2, and PS3. And they want it in the box, complete in great shape. That's what it's worth. I mean, roughly, I think the last one I sold in the box was like 250 or 300, but these things are in finite supply. So of course, and, and I'm not saying that this is a fair price. It might be a ripoff. I haven't looked up the price rate lately. I'm just saying that if it was 300, this person would still be complaining. If it was 200, this person would still be complaining because the, 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 the comment he's trying to say is that he could buy a Xbox series S and have a hundred dollars left over. And it's like, so he's basically saying something old isn't worth as much money as something new full stop period. They're not saying it's not worth that because on eBay it's worth 200. He's saying it's not worth that because an Xbox is only 300. So this is just someone who has no understanding or critical thinking skills to understand like how a free market works. Um, let's see. Oh, yep. Yeah, um, it's getting ridiculous shame as well, since brick and mortar shops are growing scarce. Um, you know, it's like, okay, so like, this person feels bad that game stores are going away, but doesn't want to support them. So I don't, you know, um, uh, so like this guy has a uh, has an anecdotal statement. Seen this kind of thing a few times. Sad to see a used game shop near me closed for trying this. They used to have super fair prices, then jacked up their stuff, claiming they wanted to compete with GameStop, even though GameStop was cheaper than them. And a month later, they were gone. Now let's critically think about that statement. 
if if they jacked up all their prices, it was probably because they were going to go out of business. And that was their last ditch effort to stay open. I mean, it's just, you don't go out of business in 30 days. It doesn't happen unless you were already on a hell of a downward spiral. And that was your last 30 days. So, I mean, again, whatever, that's that person's anecdotal statement, you know, you know, so like, for instance, this person takes a picture of Tomb Raider Chronicles, which was also in that picture, twenty-seven ninety-nine, And the person says, that's criminal. It's not worth that much. And then someone posts a picture of the eBay listing saying, look, it sells between 20 and 25. So twenty-seven ninety-nine is high, admittedly, but it's not like it's a $2 game that they've got marked up to 28. Um, you know, and, and so, and then like, so someone shares the price charting picture of Clock Tower 2 for $366 is what it says, you know? And, and so like, even that, yes, 441 is high. No doubt, no question about it. I'm not, not saying that's not high and that store is not trying to, to creep, but was that game 441 six months ago? Maybe. And I will tell you as a game store, it's very difficult to like, you can't reprice your whole store every day. There's no way. There's no, absolutely no way. Could I go through the glass cases every day and try to reprice things or maybe once a week and reprice things? Yeah. And we do that to an extent. Like we make sure, like if someone comes up with a game we've had for a few months, we'll double check the price, make sure that it's fair. If the price has gone up, obviously we sell it for the same price, but if the price has gone down, we'll mark it down. Um, I'm also open if people come up and say, Hey, you know, I'm seeing this sell on eBay for 30. You've got it for 35. Would you do 30? Like totally. But again, we're able to do that because when we buy stuff, we're in that 50% range where we have some flexibility. You know, if you're, if you're asking someone or a store to pay 75, 80% of eBay prices, then you don't get that sort of flexibility, which is kind of what you need because prices fluctuate, right? You know, it's just odd to me. Um, then of course the person who did the tweet does post and say, Hey, this is my game. Like you should uh, check it out and wish list it on steam, which the game looks pretty cool. I am going to wish list it and I'll probably buy it when it comes out. I want to support this person, even though they want me and my career to disappear and me not to be able to have a life <laughs> and a career, even though they want that I'll probably still support this person. Cause I like the game and, and I like indie developers. Um, you know, so it's funny cause then people are starting to pop up in the and say like, you know, this is actually pretty close to the price. Um, you know, and then there's this, this is another side of it. People post listings on GameStop's website. So GameStop is selling Wii Sports for 50 bucks. But here's what he says. He doesn't say this game sells for 25 on eBay and GameStop selling it for 50. It's a ripoff. Here's what they say. Retro gaming has gone too far when a free game with crappy graphics from 15 years ago is now $50 talking about Wii Sports. So this person doesn't care that it's over what it's selling for in the open market. They're saying that because it's it's a free game that was it was once free when you bought a Wii. It wasn't free. You bought it. You got it with the Wii. It's part of the bundle. It has crappy graphics and it's from 15 years ago. So those factors to this person mean that that game's not worth any money. Like this, this per, why is this person in this conversation? This is the dumbest. This is like the dumbest point you can make. And of course, 152 likes on that stupid tweet that makes no sense. You know, and again, it's, it's GameStop's price. And that is, is whack. <laughs> like I never sold Wii sports over $25 this holiday. It always goes from like 15 to 25 throughout the year, depending what time of year it is, it goes up to 25 around the holidays. Cause we is super hot during the holidays. Still 25 bucks. We sold like four or five copies. GameStop's high on it. But the idea that it's not worth $50 just because it's a 15 year old game with crappy graphics, like that point is so stupid. It makes no sense. Um, let's see some of the replies to this. Uh, let's see, let's see here. Uh, 
My local Goodwill has two on the shelf and nobody wants them. Don't go by GameStop for your price of older generation games. Thank you, person with a brain. Um, let's see. This person goes, I have two copies. How is it worth $50, lol? I'm like, it's not worth $50, but you just saw someone's picture on Twitter and then you made a comment. You did no research on your own. You didn't look up anything. You don't try to understand the things you talk about. You just talk about them, which again, I know this isn't unique to video games, everybody. This is just as bad in, uh, when it comes to sports talk, when it comes to politics, when it comes to anything else that's like hobby related, there's always just like some ding-dongs <laughs> that, uh, that that like comment on things, even though they have no idea. They have no idea what they're talking about. Um, You know, I don't know. And then that same guy goes, oh, I went to eBay and people are only paying $20 for it. Like, yes, thank you. Thank you for at least going to eBay. It takes two seconds. Um, now, here's a fair point that somebody makes. Um, because also, let me let me get this out of the way since I've been rambling on for for a hot minute now. Let me get this out of the way. I have no problem with piracy, actually, of older games. I want people to experience games. So if somebody was like, hey, I really want to play Clock Tower 2, I can't justify paying $400 for it, so I downloaded a ROM or an ISO of that game and I played it on an emulator. You know what I would say to the person? would be like, cool, did you like it? Because I don't care. Because that person either didn't have the money or was never going to buy the game anyway at that price. Who knows what the price they would pay for that game is? It might only be 20 to 50 bucks. You know, and this is one of the issues I have with Pat the NES Punk when he talks about NES collecting. And it's... He was collecting NES games in the in like the 90s, late 90s, 2000s, and he has a complete collection. Well, he still th- seems to think that that's what the vintage NES market is like. It is like now is that you go to a store, you get a bunch of games cheap. There's a whole bunch of games that don't have a lot of value, which actually is still true. There's a whole bunch of three to five dollar NES games as well. But yes, it's not the Final Fantasies, and it's not the Dragon Warriors, and it's not the Mike Tyson's Punch Outs. But he'll always kind of say like, you know, he'll almost look down on people for buying stuff on eBay or for, you know, buying collections that are already started. And it's like, well, unfortunately, the old days are gone. I wish we could go back to the old days where you where I would go on Craigslist and I could get a Sega Genesis and 20 games for 20 bucks. And it was and there were three or four of them up at any given time. And who cared? Right. It just doesn't it, it's just not that like that anymore. Retro gaming's too popular for that. Goodwill started their own vid, uh, vintage video game store online. So most Goodwills don't even sell old video games. Sometimes they'll put them on the shelves. Most don't. Uh, you have sometimes you have like St. Vinnie de Paul around here. Uh, they'll still do like they'll still put some stuff out. But you've got so many people now reselling like on Facebook and stuff like that, that these places are getting checked every single day. They're getting picked over mega clean. So it's not like that anymore. Like the old days are kind of gone of this whole like good old boy, just go game hunting, looking for good deals like that. that that's gone. And it's been gone for quite a while, quite a while. Um, and so I'm not opposed to emulation. I think it's totally fine. In fact, it's my, it's my way of playing in a more convenient manner. I'd almost rather play on an emulator when I'm recording on my PC. Cause it's, it's an ease of use thing. It's simple. And my, when I think of retro and when I think of my nostalgic feelings for playing old video games, most of the time it's tied to the controller not the console and the cartridge. So like, I don't need to have that feeling of popping a cartridge in and then hitting the power button on the front of the NES to feel nostalgic. But I would say, yes, I want to have an NES controller in my hand, not like a PS4 Bluetooth wireless synced up controller to play those games because that takes away from my original feel of that. So I'm not super opposed 
you know, to piracy if that's your option. Go get it, man. I'm totally fine with that. Like, go play the games you want to play. But on the flip side of that, don't attack a store that's paying fair prices to like this is a business like anything else like do you go to a used tire store and you're like well you can get new tires for this price or oh i'd never pay that much for an old tire that's 10 years old like is that like they do they do that no they don't it's a used tire store are there used tire stores there are used tire stores i'm pretty sure (laughs) otherwise that's a ridiculous analogy and i apologize but i'm pretty sure there are used tire stores but you just kind of look around you know um so like this so this person's comment if you ask but why charge six hundred dollars for this they'll probably say a bunch of bullshit like it's a rare ps2 game have you ever seen one before no that's why it's rare um it's like okay but you so this guy's having a hypothetical conversation in his head about how the game store is going to lie to him about a game being rare look dude if a game is six hundred dollars it is rare i'm <laughs> it's not it's not like we're not trying to trick you <laughs> i don't I, and and maybe and maybe, to be fair, these people have game stores around them that are total shit. And I've talked to people. I just talked to a guy two days ago from Pittsburgh who says his local game stores suck. They suck bad. And he's like, oh, this and that, and their prices are crazy. He's like, your shop is awesome. He's just like, your shop is packed, too. You've got so much stuff. He's like, all these other stores barely have anything. And I'm like, okay, well, that's that's awesome. You know, I'm glad to hear that. And the reason we're packed is not because we're high priced on things. It's because we don't sell online. We keep a limited market local so that we can keep a stocked store. Like if I wanted to, I could sell my whole store on eBay in like two months and I'd have a whole buttload of money in the bank and nothing in the store to bring people in. You know what I mean? And so, eh, you know, so uh, let's see. Um, let's see. So here's the other thing. So there's this person. My issue with mom and pop stores is they refuse to let go of merchandise without squeezing every possible dollar out because, quote, that's what I can get online. Well, I'm not online. I'm standing right here. Want to make a deal or not? And they say no. And that game sits forever. Well, okay. Let me just unpack this. And then this will be the last one. And then I'm going to move on to the final point about all this. But why, because you're in a store, do you think you should pay less for it than online? In fact, it probably costs more to run a brick and mortar shop to give someone the opportunity to come in and browse for games than it does to just have an eBay shop in the, in one room bedroom of your house and printing off shipping labels, you know, at home. You, you know what I mean? Like like this this sort of this is the exact mentality of the people that piss me off because they have no idea how any of this works. And they think that mom and pop stores are squeezing out every dollar. Well, here, have you thought of this? We have rent to pay. We have an electric bill to pay. We have a water bill to pay. We have employees to pay. We have internet bill to pay. We have it. We had to buy the product. Okay. When we sell for $400, we're not making $400 on it. It's just, ah, and so the, and this comment or this, this reply to the tweet, 39 likes, 39 people were like, yeah, yeah. Robble, 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 robble. It's so stupid. It's so anecdotal, which I mean, all these stories kind of are. Even what I'm talking about is anecdotal to my experience. But like this idea here, that's his issue with mom and pop stores is they is they squeeze every dollar. Now, I make deals all the time when I need to or when I want to. Yesterday, like that, that guy from Pittsburgh I was telling you about. So two days ago, 
We have a Vectrex in the glass case. It was stickered at 450 bucks, marked down to 400 because there was some shell damage, like some cracks in the shell, some minor ones. And uh, so he goes, oh, yeah. And he's kind of looking. He's like, yeah, it's, oh, it's a little rougher. And I was hoping it would be I'm like, hey, I totally get it. I said, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to offer you because I've had it sitting there for like three months. It's in the glass case, taking up room. Things ugly. People always ask me what it is, and I'm sick of telling people what it is. <laughs> so I said, I'll tell you what, man. I'm going to give you the New Year's price. Or uh, I said something like the after Christmas, like, it's it's because it's like his birthday in a couple days or something. I was like, I was gonna give you the birthday after Christmas special price here from Pittsburgh price. I said, let's do two ninety nine ninety nine. Let's do three hundred. Let's slash it down. Ultimately, I paid I think two hundred and fifty dollars for it, and I sold it for three hundred. So I really didn't make dick all on that. <laughs> like fifty dollars in the grand scheme of thing is is nothing. So, but that wasn't the point. The point was. I, I worked with a customer, gave him a good experience, and I got the item to go home with someone who's going to appreciate it, and so on and so forth. So, like, this idea that mom and pop shops, again, he's generalizing his mom and pop shops, but how do I not take He doesn't say, well, the issue with the mom and pop shop on Grant Street, you know, two blocks from my house is this. It's my issue with mom and pop stores. You know, that's that's my shop. My shop's mom and pop. So, anyway, this uh, this thread is 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 was kind of obnoxious and this this is the topic that pulled me out of retirement folks so if you're listening to this and you're like hell yeah brother greg's got a new podcast man the first of the year it's gonna be the best year ever if that's you then uh you can thank this stupid twitter thread that got me all fired up uh with that being said here's the last point i want to make and then I'm done, and I will hopefully talk to you again sooner. That's kind of one of my goals this year. I don't, I'm don't. i not really big on resolutions. I think they're kind of stupid, and why wait till the start of a new year to try to like do something new? Like You're just pushing it off. Don't push things off. Just like if you can do something new, do it today. Do it right now. Um, but uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, I mean, work, work actually has been crazier and crazier. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're getting busier. In fact, I got to run the numbers on Monday for how we did year um final year end over uh, the first COVID year, which I don't think would be that hard to beat since we were closed for six weeks and doing curbside for four weeks. So I think we'll do okay. But uh, anywho, so the, the last thing I want to say about this, and this is the last argument that really makes really, really chaps my ass. So if, if you listen to a lot of gaming podcasts, or if you watch a lot of gaming YouTube videos, you probably heard someone talk about, or maybe saw the video yourself from, uh, Oh my God. I, I, I can't, uh, from Carl Jobst. Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't remember his name for a second. So Carl Jobst and it's, it's a video called like scam alert, exposing fraud and deception in the retro video game grading market. And it is an incredible video. So let me just say that. First of all, it is incredibly accurate. It is full of accurate information and it really exposes something that I've been talking about on here for years Yes, things I've been talking about on Game Talk Radio for years and on YouTube for years. If you've been listening to me for a long time, you're going to you, and you did not see this video, go watch it. And it's basically all the stuff I've been complaining about for the better part of 3 years. So the the video exposes the company Wada Games, which is the hot new grader a grading company in the business right now, and then a company called Heritage Auctions. And it goes deep into talking about how the founder of Heritage Auctions was accused of shill bidding and other things in the past, very similar to the way things are working now. They talk about how people who own WADA games are having their own games graded there and then selling them online. It's just a lot of, it basically just talks about the uh, incestuous relationship between uh, a company that adds value to a game by grading it and a company that sells the game for more value because it's graded and how they're all owned by the same people and all have 
board members that are, you know, oversight board members that are all from the same companies. It's a great video. Highly recommend watching it. Uh, that being said, though, as usual, a bunch of dumbasses saw that video and now apply it to every single situation. So someone will look at Mike Tyson's punch out, which is now a $35 NES game. And they'll say, man, in 2000, you could buy this for 15 bucks. And like, why is the price so high? And then the next person will say, here's a video. It explains everything. And then the video says exposing fraud and deception in the retro video game market, as opposed, which is sealed graded games by WADA. That has absolutely nothing to do with why Mike Tyson's punch out would be worth $35 today when it was worth $15 15 years ago. Okay, the market has grown. It's that simple. Now, I, I'm the first to say, again, I'm complimenting Carl's video. It is incredibly accurate, and that relationship for sealed old retro games that are selling for two... Remember I always talk about that, right? Super Mario sold for a million dollars, all those videos. That's what I'm talking about. And that doesn't happen. Those are legitimate issues, and those people are buying them to resell later, but they're buying it pumping the value, then reselling it like that is a bubble that's going to burst because they're inflating it so massively right now. But the used video game market that showed a PS2 game that used to be $20 that's now $50 is not because of that. It has nothing to do with that. Now, I'm not saying that this doesn't maybe tweak the price a little bit, like maybe it got some people thinking, I better start buying up rare games that are 20 bucks because one day they might be 50. Like I'm sure some people did that. But a lot of these games are, are there's so many other factors in what drives a retro game's price to go up. But most fa the biggest factor is time. It's just time. Because there's always going to be somebody, like I, I say this all the time to people, because one of the, the most common questions I get at game trade is, what are you going to do when all games are digital in like five or 10 years? Like, what are you going to do? And, and I say, well, by the time that happens, let's say that all games are digital by 2030. I know I've said this on here before. Let's say 2030, all games are digital. PS6, Xbox Series Z, <laughs> Xbox Z, Z1, X1, and then the Nintendo whatever. And I know Nintendo won't go digital for their next console. They're, they're too much enjoy the, the toy aspect of plugging cartridges in, but I digress. Uh, so if it's digital by 2030, that means we have... 22 plus that we have 52 years of retro video games to buy and sell that's a lot of time that's a lot of time and that's a lot of video games in 50 years so we're gonna have plenty of stock now really the only worry in my industry is is this a fad that's one day gonna fade out and there's 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 evidence to support that that's possible that like eventually people my age are gonna want to get out of it and so the price will start coming down or they start dying off. I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm kind of old. <laughs> so we start dying off and that the younger generation doesn't care. But we've already proven that not to be true. We've already proven that YouTube, kids watch YouTube like we watch TV. My generation watches TV, I should say. I stream a lot now too, but I don't watch like YouTube videos. Like I, I was talking to my nieces at Christmas and they were talking about all these funny shows they watch and everything they were talking about was YouTube content. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting to me that like, I, and I tried bringing up like a show I watched on Netflix and it was like, like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll check, we'll check it out. Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Greg, you're <laughs> dumbass, <laughs> you old piece of dirt. <laughs> I mean, I didn't hear him say that, but I was just assuming they said it under their breath. Uh, and so, but young kids watch people my age playing these games and putting YouTube videos up and then they want to buy and they want to collect them. We sell NESs and Game Boys to kids under 15, 14 all the time. 
So now you would assume if they're buying that when they're a kid, they're going to go through their phase, they go through college, they get out of it. And then when they become a young adult, they're going to say, man, when I was growing up, I used to play Game Boy. I should get a Game Boy. And so the cycle continues. And, 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 and realistically, someday, someday, someone's going to come in and say, wow, you know, my first game system when I was five was a PS4. And my dad bought one and me and him played it at Christmas that first day. And like, I just want to have a PS4 and play some of those old games. And, and yes, there is an argument that can be made for a lot of those games may not work the same. Obviously, patches will be offline. Companies will, be, you know, games will be off. But for the most part, it's it's not it's not as bad as, as a lot of people make that out to be. Uh, but yes, someone's going to come in one day. Let's use PS3 as a better example, right? Because PS3 doesn't have as many games that needed day one patches, right? So let's say PS3. Someone's going to come in and say, wow, when I was a kid... My dad and I played PS3 and and he's gone now and I've got kids of my own and I want to show him the games my dad showed me on PS3. So people will be nostalgic for PS3 and Xbox 360. Of course it's going to happen. So the cycle's going to continue. And I think this business is always going to be popular also because video games as a trend is bigger than ever. Not retro games necessarily, even though retro games are bigger than ever, but video games in general. So as video games become the preferred medium of entertainment... More people want to say, well, you know what, man, I love video games. I should go back and check out some of these old video games. It's going to happen. And so will it ever be as big as it is now? Could I see it shrinking ultimately forever over the next 10, 20 years? I keep shrinking throughout that. Yeah, I could, but I don't see it. I think it's going to be really strong for the next five to 10 years. And then we'll just have to see where it goes after that. Mike, you know, personally, I actually would kind of like the bubble to burst a little bit. I'd, I say this all the time, but I'd rather sell a hundred $1 games than one hundred dollar game if you sell a hundred one dollar games you've got a consistent flow of customers you've got good products you've got good good sales good business you sell one item one time that's essentially a fluke and so i would rather have the consistency so that's kind of my last point right though is this video so i again i highly recommend you go watch it but people start using this video as the excuse so they always share this video and they, and they go this is explaining what's happening no it's not explaining why pokemon is 50 dollars now when it was 40 dollars two years ago like it's literally the pandemic it's so easy but you know people like to share things and make people aware and it's fine but this this video this this comment that tagged that video literally has 45 likes and then there's another person that one that has a thousand likes saying it's artificially inflated and it's a fraud. It's like, but this person's talking about Pokemon games, not sealed copies of Mario brothers for 2 million. So again, they either didn't watch the video or they watched the video, didn't absorb any of the information. And now they're regurgitating it to other Nimrods who aren't going to listen or watch the video or absorb the information. And then it spreads like a virus a stupidity virus <laughs> through everyone who doesn't even take the time to even at least just watch the video, let alone understand what's going on. So if you feel personally attacked by anything I just said, I apologize, but Hey, I mean, like educate yourself. If you've been listening to my podcast, I've, I've preached that since day one, educate yourself on these sort of things. If you want to talk about them. And I hope that's why you came here. I hope you come to me so that I can help educate you and, uh, and, 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 and carry you along my, my baby birds into the new year with a brand new game talk radio. So that's all I got for you folks. This was really fun. Actually, I got, I got really wound up by this one and I, I wanted to record it yesterday and a bunch of stuff came up and I couldn't. And I was like, oh, should I just forget it? I, and I was like, it just wouldn't leave my brain. I'm like, no, I got to do this one, man. This is, this is gonna be a good one. And it feels good to talk to y'all. Um, let me, uh, I will do, you know, let's keep with the tradition. I'm gonna do a little bit of a pickup pile of the week here, but, uh, I'm going to go kind of quick 
but I'm going to share just some of the games I've been picking up. So I, what I would say the most over the last eight months I've been picking up a lot of is uh, PS1. I'm very hard on, I'm going very hard on PS1 right now. So for instance, um, let me, let me get back to Midwest gaming classics. I picked up some, some good stuff back then and I'm picking up bad games too. Like it's, it's wild. Like I'm just, I'm just hooked on this nonsense. Um, okay. So for instance, um, I picked up, um, twisted metal, small brawl, which I can't believe I didn't have, uh, blazing dragons for PS one. I picked up Starfighter. I picked up Oddworld Apes Odyssey. I picked up Qbert. Picked up Space Jam. I got a, got another long box, a couple long box games. I got Chessmaster 3D and I got Zero Divide, which is a really terrible robot fighting game. Um, oh man, I got so much stuff here. Like I'm just looking through this list, going, this is insanity that I ha- that I have this many games added since the last time we've all chatted. Uh, then I got a really then I went really heavy on Xbox because Microsoft released one more update saying this is the last of the backwards compatibility updates which is also mind-boggling to me why they don't keep that going but so i picked up a lot of the backwards compatible stuff so fable 2 portal 2 risen 2 conan max Payne 3 ridge racer 6 sacred uh, sacred 2 jade empire max Payne 1 and 2 time splitters future perfect um picked up some more ps1 games like lemmings power rangers lightspeed rescue um i picked up another japanese import ps1 a game called theme aquarium we never got that here i just saw the picture and it was like it's like theme park but you run an aquarium like that's so rad um picked up soul blade uh we had some great genesis games come in i got revenge of shinobi streets of rage 1 and chase hq2 those were all games i've been looking for for quite a while um man and then just you know some ps5 games i got a mint in box fester's quest which is funny because i did my 24-hour live stream and i was going to play fester's quest and I'm looking at my shelf like, okay, let's grab Fester's Quest. I'm like, where the hell is it? I never bought it. And that was on my original list of games I needed to get. So somehow I missed that game and I must have scratched off by accident or something. Um, Street Fighter Alpha, or Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha for PS1. Um, yeah, got some, got some good stuff. Pretty pretty happy, pretty proud of some of the stuff. Um, got to import a Chrono Cross at my boy Rob's store in Oshkosh. Start over games. Um, yeah, man, just, just banging, banging stuff. So, uh, yeah, so it's been, it's, it's been good though. And and I think 2021 was a, was a pretty good year. Obviously it was full of immense challenges as a business owner, but, um, you know, I hope 2022 is better, but beside that, uh, I hope that everyone here listening, uh, has a better year. And that doesn't even necessarily mean that 2021 had to be bad. I just hope if it was great, I want it to be greater. And if it was the best, I want it to be bester. And I just want y'all to be happy and safe. And, and, uh, and I hope, and I hope you stuck around. I hope that, uh, I hope that this wasn't too long and I lost all my listeners, but it's funny. So the, the last podcast I did had the most views of any podcast I've ever had. And I'm like, why, why you guys got to do this to me, man? Why are you always listening to this? Like so long and so well, right. As I decide like that, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, but that's my goal is I, my, my goal is to try to do one a month. And then if I get on a little more frequently, I want to do a little more frequently. So, and obviously I want to get John back on too. And it's just like right now, like, well, he works for the postal service. So his job is, is hell essentially, (laughs) although he's starting to get out of that now. Um, my job actually the week after Christmas is busier than the week before Christmas. If you can believe that, um, we had, um, we had, uh, the, the guy who had sold me or brought, I I told the story a long time ago about the, 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 the guy who bought that huge collection from that. Alabama Confederate flag Nazi guy 
So he the, he tried to sell it to me, and I was like, I can't take any of this. It's all basically garbage. He 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 sold me a lot of fifteen hundred games the week before Christmas. That was literally the Monday before Christmas. So that, that we're working through that. Like work has just been mental, and it's tough because you got to get through all that stuff, but you can't burn your team out either. And I've got a great team. And I, I, if you push too hard, you're going to break them. And so just got to, I just got to ease and just gotta ease the tension, baby, just easing the tension. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I, and I, and I realized I said earlier, I was going to tell a customer story and I never told that story. I'm going to make a note of it and I will tell it on the next podcast because it's a wild one, but I want to give it the time it deserves. And I don't want to do it at the end of the podcast because I know a lot of people have fallen off. So anyway, thank you as always for listening and watching. I appreciate you. Follow me on Twitter at Game Trade Greg if you want some funny tweets, some football tweets, and some me cleaning cat piss off of video game tweets. <laughs> It's all there. Something for everyone. Bring the kids. (laughs) But thank you. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening. And uh, I will talk to you again soon. This won't be the last you hear me, I promise. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye.